Today on Locked On Canadians, we're going to talk a little bit, it's the day before the draft, we're going to talk about the consensus NHL draft rankings that we are shamelessly borrowing from Habs Eyes on the Prize. Uh, are the Habs interested in talking to Matvey Michkov? And finally, some leftover mailbag questions. All of that is coming up right now on Locked On Canadians. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 874. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and as you'll notice, I am not joined today by the wonderful Scott Matlas. Scott is on vacation in Toronto, or he should be back in Buffalo by now. Uh, he went to see Forbidden Door. So if you're going to join us in one of our live hangs, you will probably hear about that. Uh, in the meantime, you will have to excuse my appearance uh, and my general uh, struggly nature at the moment. Uh, I just completed a move. And as one of our commenters pointed out, I should have called movers. And next time I will. Thank you so much. I'll definitely be getting a call from me. Um, it has been uh, a long, uh, a long weekend, a long, exhausting weekend. Uh, so I really, really hope that you bear with me as I try very hard to sound coherent um, and provide uh, halfway passable content on today's show. But it is the day before the draft. I'm actually recording this on Monday night, and there's been a lot of drama, but no resolution at the time that I'm recording this uh, regarding the Pierre-Luc Dubois um, saga. As a lot of people predicted, um, the Habs may or may not have been, you know, that third team that everybody inserts into a conversation in order to drive up the price. Uh, however, uh, looking at some more trustworthy sources around the NHL, like Frank Saravalli, Elliot Friedman, those kinds of people, it seems like the Canadians are interested um, in in uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, when the Winnipeg Jets are not happy with what the Canadians are offering and LA seems to be the front runner and Dubois is interested in going to LA. This is the latest. Um, but I think I really just want to, you know, quickly get this out of the way just because, you know, it's constantly talked about in Montreal, but I think Kent Hughes is being smart. Winnipeg is asking for too much, so he's just going to hang back. However, his interest is noted. Uh, Montreal is interested in PLD. Uh, and if the price ever comes down to something that Ken Hughes is willing to pay, I think then there will be some sort of progress on that front. But in the meantime, I think we can kind of count that out. But that's not really, really what I wanted to focus on today. Uh, what I wanted to focus on today was, you know, it is the day before the draft and Habs eyes on the prize, particularly Jared Book, every year they do this wonderful thing where they consolidate all of the rankings prior to the draft of a lot of trustworthy, reliable sources and scouting experts. Um, so what I want to do is talk a little bit about that today. Um, 
And then later on, we'll have a couple of mailbag questions and also uh, just the latest on whether or not Matvey Michkov is a possibility in Montreal. So let me just uh, quickly run through the sources that Habs Eyes and the Prize uses for their annual consensus rankings. Um, and they generally go through, obviously, Bob McKenzie, who, you know, the day that his rankings come out, is it's a huge day uh, for the hockey prospect community. Everybody waits for that. I know I do. Uh, Craig Button, who a lot of our listeners have issued with some of his opinions. Uh, hockey prospect, Corey Prodman of The Athletic, Scott Wheeler of The Athletic, Future Considerations, Chris Peters, uh, Elite Prospects, Hattie Calakesh, Smart Scouting or Smart Scouting. Um, we love you guys. Uh, Sportsnet, um, Stephen Ellis, McKean's Hockey, The Hockey News, Draft Prospects, and Dauber Prospects. So essentially what Eyes on the Prize does is they grab all of the rankings and try to come up with a consolidation and a methodology. It's very interesting to note, though, however, and important to note that they don't all rank the same number of people. A lot of them will just top rank the top 100. Some of them will go through all the prospects, like Future Considerations went through 300 prospects, right? Um, our friends at Elite Prospects ranked 136. Draft Prospects went all the way to 240. Uh, Sports then only did 80. And then Bob McKenzie had 96 plus 14 honorable mentions. So um, essentially, like, and the methodology here is is pretty uh it's pretty mathematical so they kind of you know they do sort of um like uh, they combine all of them and whatever what what ends up happening is um at the end of the day there's the rankings and then there's where the players get drafted right and so the correlation uh is usually in the sort of 75 to 80 percent range so last year was like 79 percent um, correlation between the consolidated rankings and where the players actually ended up getting drafted. So I think the first thing that I want to do is really quickly go through the top five. Um, maybe maybe I'll go through the top ten, um, just because we don't know what's going to happen with the Montreal Canadiens. Are they going to go off the board? Are they going to do this thing that they said that they won't do? Um, are they you know, are they, are they really, you know, are they going to go really, really off the board? Are they going to do something safe? You know, it, are the things that we're hearing from quote unquote reputable sources really true? So real quick, um, I'll start and this won't be a surprise. And then maybe in our next segment, we'll get a, a little bit closer uh, in depth into these rankings. So, and this is again from Eyes on the Prize. It was Jared Book that did this. Um, definitely, Eyes on the Prize is one of the uh, one of my favorite sources. And it's not just because Scott Matler writes for them. It's one of my favorite sources for all things hockey. Uh, I get a lot of my analysis there, uh, even just like fun stuff. I'll, I'll go there, but they're really good at you know depth charts and things like this. And this is something that's so useful to me every year. This exercise that they do, it's honestly truly they take a lot of the work out of it. All right. Predictably, Connor Bedard ranked first, Adam Fantilli ranked second, and Leo Carlson ranked third. I don't think that there was too much variation on this across the board. I, I'm pretty sure that most, if not all, of the sources had these rankings as such. 
Interestingly, Matvey Mitchkov is ranked at number four on the consolidated rankings. Um, and it's really helpful that uh, Jared puts the average of where they were ranked uh, in this column. So like, for example, uh, the average ranking for Connor Bedard was one. The average ranking for Adam Fantilli was two. There was really no variation in the opinions. Whereas Leo Carlson is 346, uh, Matvey Michkov is 354, right? So there's a little bit of variation there as to where people rank them. Um, so, and then number five is Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith is a name that we've kind of sort of got accustomed to hearing around the Montreal Canadiens simply because the general consensus is that he's probably going to be the best player left at number five, if that's where the Canadians uh, draft. Number six is Zach Benson, who a lot of our listeners really want. Number seven is Ryan Leonard, who Scott and I have started to come around to. Uh, number eight is Dalibor Dvorsky, who people seem to mistrust quite a bit, uh, despite this ranking. Uh, I don't know if it's just because it's like, oh, uh, he should be ranked lower. Is it just because it's all based on one tournament? Number nine is Oliver Moore. And number 10 is Axel Sandin-Pelica. And then I know I said I would only do the top 10, but we do have to say that David Reinbacher was ranked number 11 uh, on the consolidated rankings. And the average for him is 12.54. So some people clearly ranked him a bit higher than 11. Some people clearly ranked him at like 14 or 15, which is initially when we first started these conversations months ago, that's where we thought he would be. 15, 16, 14 would have been uh, you know, pretty high for him. So that's generally what we have to work with. And so in our next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about a little bit more about some of the names. Um, and that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, I want to tell you about Game Time, because this episode is brought to you by Game Time. How often do you have a favorite artist that you love and you're trying to get tickets and you end up scrambling to find them and you're in a rush and it's stressful and then you don't end up getting tickets? That used to be your life, but now there's game time. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals with flash deals and it's so easy to use. You can forget planning months in advance because Game Time has ticket has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. 110% of the difference. So you can snag the, the tickets without the stress. I almost said snag the stress. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Yeah, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, so let's get a little bit into uh, some of these questions that we're talking about. So I believe it was Frank Saravalli, if I'm not mistaken, um, that mentioned that the Canadians are interested in meeting with Matvey Mitchkov, who has made the trek to, to the U.S. for the draft. He's, he's in Nashville right now. Uh, according to his Instagram, he's already there. 
and the a number of top five teams, I think top five or top 10 teams are interested in meeting with him and sitting down with him and his agent. And the Canadians are interested, which is, you know, it's still a good sign. They did say that they didn't necessarily want to go that route um, earlier in the season because there's a lot of questions surrounding him. Number one, he signed in the KHL up until 2026. So it's going to be a long time before he can come over. So his development's not going to take place in the Canadian system. There's also the geopolitical issues at play. And if they get worse and if there's issues where, you know, the players can't leave, obviously there's some stuff going on um, with his family life as well that kind of makes it a little bit difficult to determine whether or not he is going to be able to make it over here. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't blame him uh, either way. Uh, I wouldn't blame his decisions. So the one thing is that he has always said that he wants to play in the NHL, and that is his dream. He's got tremendous, tremendous potential and upside. He's got fantastic skill. Uh, he's a really interesting player, and he could absolutely become one of the stars of the NHL someday if things go right, if everything goes right for him, with him, et cetera, et cetera, if he makes it here, if, um, you know, if he's developed well. But there's another bit of a question mark is that I think a lot of people uh, question whether or not players who have, who show undeniable amounts of talent in the KHL uh, necessarily are able to translate that coming over to the NHL. The game changes a lot. He's also got some habits that he needs to work on defensively and things like that. You should really check out our episodes with uh, with uh, Tony Ferrari. I almost said Tony Marinaro. Um, Tony Ferrari, uh, who has done a lot of analysis on this. And, um, you know, like we know what the question marks are. The question is, is he going to be able to develop the way the Canadians want before he comes here? And will he come here at all? Uh, but I think the really important part is the Canadians are doing their homework, whether or not that ends up being the route that they go with. They're definitely doing their homework. They're definitely gauging his interest. They want to see what he's like and they want to interview him. And I think that's really interesting to note because they said that it's unlikely in the past that that's, that's what they're going to do for all the reasons that I mentioned. I just think covering all your bases is smart. Like I think, one of the things about this this front office is that it's still new enough where they're still relatively unpredictable, but I do like that they are being patient but bold whenever the time, you know, whenever the time necessitates it. So the opportunity, for example, to do something bold, like go after Kirby Doc and get him um, because they, they picked, um, you know, um, they didn't necessarily solve their, 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 or sorry, they didn't necessarily have depth at center. And then they picked a winger uh, because they, they believe more in his upside. They still, they didn't leave the center question to chance. They drafted a young guy, uh, sorry, they traded for a young guy, didn't give up all that much. I think like they're being really smart and patient, um, but they're also covering all their bases and they're doing their homework. So, you know, we don't know what they're going to do. And actually, I think I'll be interested to see um, if they, if they, not not necessarily if they pick him, but if they are able to avoid the safe pick in David Reinbacher. So I know he's ranked 11th. I know that's a little bit further down than where the Canadians are picking, but he's kind of who the noise is surrounding. Like I think it's going to be a bit surprising if they don't pick him, just because of the number of quote unquote insiders and and people who've predicted that that's who they're going to go for. Speaking of David Reinbacher, I do want to read this uh, because it was quite ridiculous to me. So this is um, 
This is him talking about uh, one of the questions he was asked. He didn't say the team, but he did mention the Montreal Canadiens asked him normal questions. So we know it's not the Montreal Canadiens. But I got to tell you, this is exactly what was said. So TSN asked him, at the Combine, it was the NHL executives and scouts doing the headhunting. You spoke to 23 teams. What was the toughest question? So Reinbacher answers, it's World War II, and you're the captain of a boat, and you have to bomb an enemy boat, but teammates are swimming in the ocean. I said, no, I wouldn't do it because I want to save my teammates. I'm like, look, guys, I don't do it because they're my teammates, and I wouldn't kill my teammates. They were like, you have to do it. It's an order. I was like, no, I won't do it. So it was kind of not the best thing to talk about. So leaving aside the fact that these NHL executives are asking an Austrian child about a World War II question, what is this? Like, what kind of, like, these interview questions are so weird. Like, they're so, like, off-putting. Anyway, so I wanted to put out to our listeners, because I did put it out on Twitter, if you were an NHL executive, what weird out there question would you ask at the Combine uh, to gauge a prospect and his personality? Please keep them coming. Tweet them to us at LO underscore Canadians, because I am so interested and the kinds of things that you can come up with. Like, what is the weirdest, most out there question that you can come out with uh, that you would give, you would interview, you would uh, ask in an interview at the NHL Combine of a top NHL prospect when you're trying to see if he's going to be a fit for your team. So leaving David Reinbacher aside, like here, I, I just want to mention a couple more names. There's a little bit of talk that Anaheim might go a little bit off the board um, and not select Adam Fantilli. Uh, In which case, if you are the Columbus Blue Jackets who are picking third, you absolutely go for Adam Fantilli. They do need a center. Leo Carlson is amazing, but Adam Fantilli is more amazing. So then you think about this, and Carlson then drops to uh, number four, in which case, if you are the San Jose Sharks, you absolutely take him, which would leave Will Smith, Matvey Michkov, Again, it won't change necessarily all that much for the Montreal Canadiens and Zach Benson in that four, five, six spot. Um, I think I, I don't see the Sharks drafting Mitchkov really, but I can't really get a, a, um, a handle on what Mike Greer is about, really. Like he's only been around for a year now. Um, so I'm not really sure what they would do, but it does seem like they would go for Will Smith. Absolutely. So if you're the Canadians, do you go for Zach Benson, Matvey Michkov, Ryan Leonard, or do you go all the way for David Reinbacher? He's not even the top ranked defenseman, according to this consensus, because Axel Sandin Pelica is above him. So I honestly feel like I would do Zach Benson. Absolutely. I feel like he's, you know, he's going to be the next best player available. Like there's a little bit of a drop between him and Ryan Leonard. Not that I would be disappointed with either one. I think what I, and again, I don't want to say that I would be disappointed with David Reinbacher. He's a perfectly good player. I just, I feel like he's too safe. And a lot of people in our, in our comments have mentioned that they think that his ceiling is, you know, third pair defenseman. I think maybe it's a little bit more than that, but I don't, I don't think he's like your stud defenseman. I don't think he's going to be playing with your number one D or your number two D. I don't think he's going to be anchoring that second pairing. I really think that, you know, it's just, it's just a player that they know will make the NHL and drafting on like, like drafting 
uninspiring, safe, solid players has not netted the Canadians any stars, really. Like, we will talk a little bit more about the history of these of these top picks or the first round picks that the Canadians have had. Um, one of our listeners pointed out, you know, it's been 10 years of really, really futile drafting. So we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to do those in-depth reviews a little bit later because they've been requested by you guys. Uh, we just haven't been able to kind of get together with uh, more of the experts that we want. But we will do draft recaps, draft analysis, all that stuff uh, after the draft and even well into free agency. Like I know... Um, you know, the season is almost over, free agency is almost here, but we will be, uh, we're a year-round show, we go down to three episodes a week instead of five episodes a week in the summer, but we'll still be around for you guys. In the meantime, uh, what I want to do is I want to take the opportunity to ask a few more of the mailbag questions that you guys sent over the last couple of weeks because we missed some, and that is all coming up next. All right, everybody. So um, as you know, we have a Friday mailbag every week. And as you know, we've gotten so many questions in the last couple of weeks that we aren't able to put them all in one show. If ever you want to send us mailbag questions, you can tweet them to us at LO underscore Canadians. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. Just put mailbag at the beginning of your questions so that we know that you want us to bring it up on the show. Um, or you can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. We absolutely love emails. We're a little bit behind on the email questions, but um, we have a couple of really, really intriguing ones that we will talk about this Friday. And speaking of this Friday, I forgot to tell everybody, we're going to attempt another Friday night hangout with all of you. We put the question to the listeners. Will we do a live show during or after the, the first round of the draft? Uh, or will we do a, a recap a little bit later? Uh, the consensus seemed to be that people wanted a Friday night uh, recap. That was because we would be able to cover both rounds of the draft. Um, we're going to see if we can get some guests. Obviously, this was something that me and Scott just wanted to do uh, for the listeners just because they, we were asked about it. Uh, but if we can get a, you know, a prospect expert or something after, uh, after they've been able to recover from Nashville, if we can get somebody, they might be on their way back from Nashville at that point and, and still recovering from an epic week. Uh, because if you've never been to Nashville, you've got to go. It is an amazing city and it's a really good time. But I guarantee you all those people that were there for the draft this week are going to be exhausted when they get home. Maybe half as exhausted as I am right now. Either In either case, we will have a live show on YouTube. Um, and this one, we will be able to actually post as a podcast. So you can join us. You can ask us questions in the chat. Um, and we'll go over any topic you guys want to talk about that's draft related. And I have promised Scott that I'll give him a little bit of leeway so you guys can ask him about the forbidden door wrestling thing. Don't tell him I said it like that. Um, but it'll be fun. So please join us on YouTube. We will have details and the, um, we'll be able to post a link in advance so that you guys can, you know, uh, bookmark it or whatever and come back to it. So that'll happen on Friday night and details will be, uh, more clear probably tomorrow. Another reason is because game over is doing a post, uh, post, uh, first round hangout. Uh, so Scott and I might, you know, want to hang out in their chat a little bit and, 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 and talk to them. Uh, and we didn't really want to cannibalize each other. So it'll definitely be, we'll, we'll be doing a Friday night hang. It'll be a bonus episode. So we'll have the Friday mailbag in the morning and we'll have the Friday night hang after. And we will talk all things draft, all things, maybe the Canadians make a trade. It'll, it'll also be the day before free agency. So we'll talk about that too. 
Anyway, that was a long, like, I, that was, like, I think a three-minute spiel uh, to try and tell you guys to please join us on Friday night for a live hang. Uh, but now for some of our mailback questions. So the first mailback question is from a few weeks ago. It was on YouTube, and it was Mr. T Valley Guy. So I apologize for the delay in asking this question. It's just that we've had so many mailback questions, but this one's a little bit, it's not draft-related, but it's fun. Mailback question. This is springboarding off the question about alternate sports for the Habs. I find watching competitive CrossFit oddly fascinating. Which Habs would be best at CrossFit? He would have to be a fitness fanatic. It can't just be something he does for the sake of the next season, but because he loves the gym. He would also have to be ultra competitive. The type of guy who would force himself to pass somebody even when his legs are lead. Or drag himself up a rope when his hands are sore and blistered. And he has to be able to swim in open water because drowning is bad. Yes, I agree with you. Drowning is bad. So somebody pointed out um, that the we were asked a while ago who's probably the, the, the biggest gym bunny or the, you know, the fittest hab or whatever. And we talked a lot and we missed Slavkovsky. And Slavkovsky is the right answer because he did break a bike at his first day of fitness testing. Uh, he's definitely somebody who cares a lot about fitness. Um, let me see if I can see if I can find who reminded us. Come on, guys. It was Slavkovsky. Um, so I did not. But when I remember, I will give you the credit for it. I can't take credit for this answer. But you're right. So like competitive CrossFit. I feel like here's the thing. I think Suzuki is too smart. Because CrossFit feels like the kind of thing that would cause a lot of injuries and cause you to burn out very easily. Um, I don't understand it. I know it's a lifestyle. I know it's a you know a belief system. It's just not one that I subscribe to. <laughs> um, which is not to say I'm not into fitness. Like I'm a runner and strength training and things like that. I love to do yoga. Well, yoga is an acquired taste. I used to hate yoga. But either way. I feel like Slavkovsky is a pretty good answer for that based on the fact that the question is like, you'd have to be ultra competitive and it would be a competitive CrossFit show, uh, kind of like the one you're watching. And we know that Slavkovsky loves a big stage, but I feel like the kind of person who has the discipline and seriousness to do CrossFit would be Nick Suzuki, but he also does have kind of an Ironman streak going right now, not to jinx it. I'm knocking on wood right now. I don't think he would do something like that. I feel like he would try and preserve his his body and his health and his energy. Other than that, like I do see somebody like like Joel Edmondson doing something like that prior to his back injury at the very least. Uh, all right. So we've got a question that's very, very recent, actually. It's, it's from today. Um, am I, and this is from Boondoggle. Am I the only one who was a bit disappointed that the Habs missed out on Dursey? Seems like a good young right-handed defenseman that could run a PP soon. I got to tell you, I was also disappointed. You were not disappointed. For whatever reason, I am so high on this kid. There's something about Sean Dursey that I absolutely adore. And I don't know what it is. Like, there's just, there's so much potential there. Like, he feels like an underrated player at times. And this might just be because I'm not, or I haven't been ex as exposed to the Los Angeles Kings as I should be. I barely have enough room in my head for Canadians. So, um, so I, like, I do think that it's definitely, he's definitely got that potential that I'm sad that the Canadians missed out on. But at the same time, 
seems like it just it's not something that made sense for um for not the the he makes sense for the Canadians. It's probably just a trade that didn't make sense to either party or both in order for it to go through. We've got a question from Ben Kerr from Last Word on Sports. With today's implosion and the team, so this was a couple of days ago, and the team now in a rebuild, this is talking about Calgary Flames. How do we feel that the Calgary Flames traded a damn good chance in the Michael Mieser lottery and Sean Monaghan to Montreal for pretty much nothing? So I think that that was a very short-sighted decision. I think at the time, even though the trade conditions are astronomically long, um, we thought about how big of a win this was for Montreal, uh, essentially. And they, they, got, they took on Sean Monaghan as a cap dump because they wanted Calgary's pick. And they're going to get Calgary's pick. And it's, you know, the, the Flames right now are in disarray. Uh, and they're not going to be good next season. But you know what? We said that about the Florida Panthers, and then we ended up with pick 31 instead of pick like 14. So I don't want to jinx this, but I feel like it was very short-sighted, and I, I do want to know what the Calgary Flames were doing. Like I think the moment they traded away um, Matthew Kachuk, I started having questions. Um, and I wonder if... Because re- I think that the thing was that Matthew Kachuk said he wasn't interested in staying, right? And then now all of these other players are saying they don't want to come back. They don't want to come back. What is going on in Calgary? Like, we thought it might have been the coach. So they fired the coach. But now these players are still saying they don't want to come back. They still want to be traded out of Calgary. So something is going on there that I'm not really sure about. Um, but And I, I truly did think it was the coach. Unless they're not able. They, they got rid of the coach and now they're not able to sell these players on a vision. But, like, now, you know, players don't want to be there. And it's going to be a tough time in Calgary going forward. All right. I'm almost running out of time. So let me really quickly go through um, another couple of questions. So Robert Rice, our friend, says, forgetting rankings, position, team need, skill, and even these intangibles, and even those intangibles, who would you like the Habs to draft based purely on their name? Robert's vote is Matthew Mania. (laughs) <laughs> which I love. Uh, it, f- it feels very wrestling to go with uh, Scott's team, but it has to be Axel Sandin Pelica. I mean, come on, your first name is Axel, right? <laughs> um, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's a great name. Um, there's some, you know, WHL prospects that always have really, really fun and interesting names. Um, and then uh, let me go through one more question. And this one comes from Brady Piercy on Twitter. Do the Habs make a move similar to Kirby Doc last year? If they do, what is the most likely position of the player? Center, wing, uh, right defenseman, or goalkeeper? I think for goalkeeper, I was convinced that they were going to go and try and get another one, trade away Jake Allen or whatever, but I feel like it's going to be another year of Samuel Montembeau, and I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, I feel like they're going to look at the defense, to be honest. Like, the Canadians aren't very strong up front right now. Like, they, they, they need depth up front. They really do. But in terms of defense, they're just a massive question mark. It's going to take a while for some of these prospects to develop. It's going to take a while for, you know, like we're expecting, for example, Lane Hudson to take some time to make it to the NHL, if that, right? Like he's still got uh, a lot of development to do, even though his upside is massive, right? Uh, Logan Mayu is expected to be in the AHL next year uh, because the Canadians have spoken to, you know, uh, various like they, I, I, I don't know if they have or they are planning to, but to ask about Logan Mayu's eligibility to be reinstated. So we don't know how long that's going to take. We don't know if, if, if 
you know, his eligibility is going to be reinstated or not. We don't know if he's going to need a lot of time in the AHL. Uh, if he does make it, we don't know like how it's going to work out, right? Like because he really did take a lot of strides forward this season, but the question marks about his de- decision making, his defensive decision making, I don't think have necessarily been completely erased. Like his skill is apparent. His decision making is something that's going to be really important if you're going to play for Martin Saint Louis, and if the Canadians are not going to be drafting first overall every year. You know, there's like there's got to be some intelligence up and down that lineup um, in order for the Canadians to be able to take maybe a little less than superstar players, but come up with a contending result. So I think it's definitely going to be somewhere on defense, like not 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 for sure. But if they do pull a Kirby Doc thing. So who's a defenseman that another team may have given up on that we want to we want the Canadians to do a Kirby Doc style trade for? Let us know in the comments. So that's it for me today. Uh, if you guys have more mailback questions, uh, please leave them in the YouTube comments. Write mailback question at the beginning if you want us to bring it up on the mailback shows. You can also tweet or DM us on Twitter, LO underscore Canadians. The DMs are open. We do not need to be following you uh, in order for you to DM us. Uh, however, if you are abusive, we will block you immediately. Uh, and you can also email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. I actually truly love reading the emails from all of you. Um, send us mailbox questions. Tell us about your experiences. You know, some of you write about meeting players or how you got into hockey. And we absolutely adore that. So please keep that coming. In the meantime, you will find our show on Twitter at um, LO underscore Canadians. You will find me on Twitter at the active stick. I kept forgetting, forgetting to put my name up right here. Um, but you, you'll see it there. Um, and you'll fall, you'll find my Twitter, uh, my, not my Twitter. You'll find my co-host on Twitter at Scott Matla. I really appreciate you all bearing with me today. Tomorrow will be the draft day extravaganza. So please make sure you are tuned into that episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we will both be back tomorrow.